Welcome, everybody. So glad you are here. Uh, let me let me say something to those of you online for just a minute because you weren't able to be with us in person this weekend, but you can still sign up to help with Easter. Just go on our homepage, scroll down. You'll see Easter information, a place you can sign up for all the different leader, uh, all the different volunteer opportunities. And uh, again, we're having our training on uh, May 28th uh, in a couple of weeks on a Sunday night at 5 o'clock right here. Um, but this week, we're continuing our series, Getting Real, and I, I hope that you have been encouraged, inspired, challenged, whatever, by what we've been doing as we've been just kind of spending some time with different people who've had extraordinary challenges in the last 12 months. Um, I was just looking at it um, this week. Uh, it, was, it was 12 months exactly yesterday that I sent our first all-church email explaining what we're going to do during COVID. And then uh, tomorrow will be the one-year anniversary of my little 60 seconds with PJ. So that's, it's a whole year we've been doing this stuff. And it's, it's awfully good to be able to be in person and rubbing shoulders with people and all of that. But for those of you online, I know for some of you just can't be here with us, but know that we love you and we're glad you're a part of this as we do this together. Uh, so this week... Um, I got a friend of mine going to come and share with us some stuff, and I thought it was really interesting just listening to the songs that we sang this weekend, because every single one of them uh, connects with his story in a way, and it probably, you feel the same way sometimes too, just with your own life, your own story, and you hear these songs, and you're like, that's me, that's, that's, that's who I want to be, or that's what I've been through, and uh, I, I definitely see that in, in him. Uh, his name is Will, and I'm going to just, Will, just make your way up here, would you, this is Will Booth, would you please welcome Will Booth. Yeah. That's him up there on the screen right now. All right. He's doing good on that, man. He's been mountain. We've been riding together, and I just followed him the other day with the GoPro and had some fun with that. Um, but I, I got to say, I really appreciate this guy. And I've known him for a few years, and we'll get to his story kind of kind of dropped off the map for a while. Like, we just didn't see, didn't know what was going on. And then they showed back up, uh, he and his wife, Janelle. And um, uh, he, he just is a really special young man. And in fact, in a lot of ways, he's like, he's like the beard I never had. It's um, a lot of hair, man. I thought about wearing a, a wig that was going this way, just like we would show them the contrast and, and all of that. But anyway, I'm, I'm so glad you're here. Um, 2020, and in fact, you know, into 2021 now, right, has been a challenge for the last 12 months in so many different ways. And uh, some people look back and they're like, you know what, it, it wasn't bad, and, and we got to spend some extra time with the family, and there were some good things that came out of it. And, and some people just had horrific things they had to deal with in the midst of that. And I'm just going to say, for all of you who had real serious challenges, you're, you're at a point where you have the choice to either be bitter or better. You're, you're either going to allow that challenge to draw you closer to God or it's going to push you further away. And so I, I, love, um, I love Will being able to share with us some of his story because right smack dab in the middle of 2020, he was faced with this choice. I'm, I'm either going to go back to God or, or I'm not. And, and he's going to talk about that a little bit. But let's, let's start way back. So just give us a little bit of history. Who is Will? Like, where'd you grow up? Tell us a little bit about your family, that kind of thing. Yeah, so I am. Okay, are we on? Are we on? Are we on? 
It's on? Okay. Keep it close. So I uh, grew up in the valley in a primarily Christian household. Um, I was a pretty good kid all the way up until high school. Uh, drugs, uh, alcohol, and sex were an everyday thing in high school, all the way getting up into college. Um, lost quite a few friends during that process as well to drugs, and still uh, a lot of us kept on going. And uh, yeah. So you, you saw people going off the deep end, uh, but that didn't really deter you at that point. Yeah. And so I, th I think you told me there was one point in your life where you really did surrender your life to Christ. Tell me a little bit about that, because one of those people actually goes to community. I want to hear about that. Yeah. So um, kind of a, a mentor, I'll, even um, before I gave my life to Christ, Dan Harris, which is uh, like the founder of uh, City, my City, my Youth, City Center. Youth Center. Yeah. Um, he uh, has always been a, a huge part of my life, starting since junior high on. And uh, he, his son gave a message one weekend, and then the following weekend, he had uh, given a message. And it was all about um, our responsibility as Christians to go out and tell people um, the Word of God and what He's done for us, right? And that there's people that are hurting and that are in desperate need of that message, right? And... Um, I've always, even before I was a Christian, I always had the heart of um, helping people. And when I heard that message, it struck me. And um, from that point on, um, I, I started getting involved in ministry. I started getting involved in the ministry that Dan, Dan was in. Um, I, pretty much anything God wanted me to do, I was there. You know, and like I, uh, one of the the pastors at the church I was going to at the time, he'd always come up to me and rub his hands together like this and go, ah, well, you know, like, yeah. I, like I was on fire. Like there was, I, there was no shame. Like I did not care. And even in uh, college, which in the trade school that I was at is nothing but guys for the most part. Um, yeah, they were like, dude, what is with this dude? He's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So. so even in the midst of that, knowing Jesus, having, being on fire for him, um, there, there were challenges even there, like you said, with some of the things you struggled with back then. Uh, but you had a really uh, horrific accident here in our valley just a couple of years ago. Tell, tell everybody kind of what happened there. Yeah, so... Um, I was on my way to work one morning, st stopped by the gas station, filled up my car. Um, at the time I was chewing and, and super into rock stars. And so get onto Ramona Expressway, just put in my chew, just opened up my can. And I look up and there's two headlights coming right at me on Ramona Expressway and we hit head on. Um, crazy enough, so God was already in the process of working before the accident even happened. Um, there was uh, a mother and daughter that was uh, going for a walk along Ramona Expressway, and I found this out to my brother-in-law um, that knows, knows these, uh, these two girls, and, um, and I was thinking to myself, like, who the heck walks along Ramona Expressway at 5.30 in the morning? Yeah. Like, who does that? Yeah, if you caught that, there were headlights, meaning it's dark, yes. right? Yeah. So, um, but they had heard other people honking at this guy, because I guess he was, like, going in and out of it. He was, like, waking up and then whatever, so um, they, uh, they immediately started praying that this guy wouldn't take an innocent person's life, and that happened to be me. Yeah. So, yeah, it totaled our car, and I, when... 
after the accident, like I was still in the car. I was, all I could think about was like, man, I just paid this thing off. Like we just literally yeah, got the pink that. slip like maybe a month before that. And a fresh rock star. Yeah. 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 In my so 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 I, I totally relate in my accident a little over a year ago, had a person who pulled right in front of me and I had two brand new chai chillers from Jungle Juice. I had like two sips out of one and they just went like dripping down my face. So I totally get it. Um, but you were literally severely hurt in this thing. It was a big deal. Yeah, so I fractured my pelvis in two spots, my sacrum in two spots. I had broken my uh, bone in my foot. Um, and then a month later, I got a blood clot in my left leg, which was actually worse than like the initial, the initial injuries. So. Yeah, so pretty serious stuff. Um, Let's, let's just kind of start from there and then we'll move into 2020. So soon after the accident, kind of what happened? How did you deal with the pain and what were the wrong ways you kind of did that? And then we, we get to 2020. Well, so I kind of want to touch on something. We were, the guy that hit me uh, didn't have any insurance. Uh, he was driving on a suspended license. So I was out of luck there. Um, my insurance company was only going to pay me like $3,000 for the car. Um, and we were stuck with this, this huge bill and uh, AMR and the hospital bill um, twice um, that I went in for the, to the hospital. Um, so we were like, what the heck are we going to do? Like we were just getting, you know, on that path of, of getting out of debt and all of that. And yeah. so, um, about maybe a month later after the, maybe two months later after the initial accident, um, the wife, while I went to a doctor's appointment, the wife went in to talk to um, uh, the people there at the hospital for the third time, and they denied us twice. But on the third time, um, when I got done um, with the doctors, I came out and she was like pretty much in tears. And I was like, what's going on? And she's like, they paid for everything. Wow. Like everything is taken care of. Yeah. So. And you had somebody else like loan you a car and it's just that there's a lot of ways that God yeah, took care of you right. through that, right? Uh, my boss actually um, gave us his car. Yeah. So, and took care of that and um, yeah, that's cool. All right, so fast forward to 2020, you're actually in trouble. So kind of give us a little bit about what was going on at that time. Yeah, so right before Janelle and I got married, um, there were some really crazy things that had come to light um, in my family. And um, so, and there was a lot of accusations that were being made within the family and stuff like that that really hurt. Just, it really got a hold of me and I, I could not let it go. Mm -hmm. And I, I was trying to ignore it for a long time and like I'd come to God with it and tell God like, hey, I need help with this. Like, please help me forgive, you know, forgive these people. And, um, and but I just, I kept coming back to it and suppressing it, suppressing it. And um, when Janelle and I got to the point where we were completely alone and we, we were in our own house at that time, um, say about two years ago, um, that's when things really started to go downhill because now I was alone with my thoughts and I had the ability to get drunk just about every single day. Um, and during that time, there'd be a couple of days here and there that I wouldn't drink, but for the most part, I, it, was, it was all downhill. Okay. 
So that's, that was your coping mechanism for not just the physical pain and the accident, but then now the emotional, relational pain of things you found out about your family, other challenges that were going on. Um, drinking every day, being drunk every day, kind of just functioning in life, but kind of numb to everything. Yeah. Um, so then we get to like mid, uh, let's, let's go like, was it June? That was kind of the first kind of wake up call or? Yeah, so June, um, when we got word that there was riots possibly going on, um, my wife works at Hobby Lobby. And um, so I'm sitting on the couch and I'm pretty drunk and I'm seeing these videos of people breaking into the mall. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is not good. And I'm, I'm freaking out. And I'm thinking if anything happens to Janelle, I can't get to her. I'm drunk. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do the same thing that the guy did, you know, that hit me, right. you know? And so I, that was kind of the beginning of the process of me saying like, okay, I'm in trouble. I need to get out of this. And so I started praying. And by the way, I'd look in my, at myself in the mirror almost every day at that point and was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Just completely disappointed with who I'd, who I'd become. Yeah. So what's a, it's not for any of you, um, your story may be somewhat different, but probably all of us can relate to this. When we're in trouble, it is... It is not only spiritual, but it is also physical. It is it emotional? It is relational. It's like literally impacts every area of our life, right? It impacts your marriage. It impacts your, your relationships. And so you could begin to get this wake up call, like I need to do something, but something really doesn't change yet. Right. So then tell us about the change. How did you get into this? So come July, um, I had, I had come to the point where I was like, okay, I'm done, right? So it was like the last week of July, and I told myself, I'm gonna come this weekend, I'm done. I'm not gonna drink anymore. So Sunday was gonna be it. And so come Saturday morning, um, get up in the morning, have my coffee, and I'm sitting in my chair, and my heart is just pounding, just out of control. And I'm like, what the heck is going on, you know? But still continued throughout the day, had, you know, my typical drinks that I had at the time and uh, got, got drunk. And then Sunday morning comes along, sitting in my chair, heart's pounding out of control. Just, and I'm like, where if, when I would stand up, I was getting dizzy. So I was like, okay, this isn't good but still continued to drink. I was like, well, this is my last day. Monday comes like the new me. Like I'm gonna be sober from this point on. Yeah. And so Monday I go to work and my heart is still pounding out of control. And um, I'm a mechanic, so I, we work on some pretty heavy stuff you know, where we're at. And I remember getting to a point, I was like, I gotta stop. Like I'm gonna pass out if I'm not careful. So come lunchtime, go down to, cause there's a fire department just down the street. We, I work for Saboba, and uh, they have a fire department there, and cool with all the guys over there and stuff. And I was like, I'm gonna go over there and check my heart rate, and you know, see what my blood pressure is doing. I don't know, something's wrong, you know. And so I get over there, and the guys are all talking, they're all laughing or whatever, and you know, messing around, being typical guys, you know. And I'm sitting on the back of the fire truck, and they're hooking up their, you know, was it the EKG deal or whatever, and. So they're sitting there laughing and then they get it all hooked up and they're looking at the screen and everyone goes silent. And they're like, Will, 
your heart rate's like 180, 190 sitting there. Like, this is not supposed to be happening right now. Like, you need to go to the hospital. And immediately, I was like, what the heck? I was like, so incredibly disappointed with myself again. Like, oh my gosh, you know? So I'm sitting in the whole ride over to the hospital. I was like, Will, you dumb, dumb. <laughs> Come on, man. You know? And uh, so I get to the hospital. And uh, long story short, they diagnosed me with AFib, which is where your heart starts beating out of sync with itself, pretty much. Um, so, yeah. So I, I wonder um, if on Saturday and Sunday, if you realized how much of a spiritual battle was really going on, is that you kind of like look back or even at the time you're like, somebody doesn't want me to quit, right? Well, no, when, when, uh, when I noticed that I was having, when they said I had AFib, I knew right then and there that God knew that I was serious about, about wanting to quit and he sealed the deal. He was like, yep, you are. You're done. Yeah. Pretty much. Like, it was like, you're done. Yeah. So uh, let, me, let me say this, then we're going to come back to your story. Um, you know, we've got a number of people in our church who've struggled with substance abuse issues, alcohol, drugs, whatever it was. And uh, we have a great Celebrate Recovery program. And I know people, I know people who are like, oh, I wish I could just say I'm done on Monday, and then I was done. It's, it's a constant, everyday battle, and they need this. And your story is just different than that way. And every now and then you hear a story like that. It's like somebody just said, nope, I'm done, I'm done. Um, but there, it wasn't easy, and you knew it was not just a power on your own that was going to get this done, right? So you told me one of your favorite verses is in Isaiah. Why don't you read that for us? Because I want to hear it from your, from your mouth, from your heart, and maybe some of you will recognize this passage. Yeah. So this, this verse um, immediately became my favorite verse um, back when I first got saved. And it says, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. They will walk and not have AFib. I think it's the new translation, right? Yeah. They will not walk and not faint. I didn't even think of that until you just read it just now. Um, so you still have AFib. I mean, that's going to be something you have to deal with, right? Um, but... In this, you're, you're able to walk away from a place you had been for a couple of years and say, okay, God, now I'm, it's almost like that, that prodigal son story. Like you kind of wandered, you kind of drifted, but when you came back, he was right there waiting. And that, that's a pretty cool realization, right? Um, tell us this. Like I, I think I'm, I'm a huge believer that God you know, saves us, but he doesn't just save us from uh, the penalty of our sin. Uh, he actually saves us for his purpose in our life. And so I want us just to spend some time talking about what, what have you seen God do in this, through this? What do you think God's leading you to do? I mean, what, what's the good that can come out of this experience in your life? Yeah, so first and foremost, uh, there's some, uh, a lot of repair that God has to, to do in the wife and I's life. And that's why I'm, I'm really trying to focus on that. I had caused her a lot of pain during that time. Um, I completely abandoned her emotionally. Um, I mean, pretty much the only thing I was doing was somewhat being a friend and financially providing for her at that point. And um, I had hurt her physically, you know, a couple, on a, a couple of times, and I don't even remember it. Wow. So there's um, definitely God is, is 
rebuilding that relationship again, you know, from pretty much from the ground up. Um, but through, throughout my, um, I should say, since I became a Christian, God has always been super faithful in showing me that I'm going to use you for something big. And I, don't, I still don't know what that is, but he continues to show me all the time that he's like, hey, I got something for you. It's like, I didn't bring you out of that accident for no reason, right. you know? And, uh, um, and by the way, so there was actually one more time that I drank after that, and it was, it was bad. So it was uh, just before New Year's, and I'm sitting there, and I'm, I didn't want to drink, but I was like, man, like, <laughs> I, wanted, I, I wanted to. So I didn't want to, but I yeah, wanted to. Yeah. yeah. Nobody can relate to that. Yeah. Nobody else. So I go to the store, I pick them up, and so I have a, you know, a couple of drinks, and so I have my brother-in-law come over, everything's going fine, you know, just having a good time or whatever, and so my AFib starts kicking in again, and it's only when I drink. Like, pretty much since then, I haven't had an, uh, an episode since then, so, but I'm sitting there, and I'm getting really, really lightheaded, like scary, and... I'm sitting there, I'm like, this is not good. This is, this is not good. So uh, they leave and I rush to the bathroom and I'm pretty much hugging the toilet, right? And this wasn't like, I drank so much that I'm drunk. Like I'm, no, this was like, I could see my vision going in and out. Like I felt like this was it, like I'm done. And I was just like praying to God, like, please, please help. And that's all I could think about was, God, I won't touch it ever again, I promise. And I'm going to hold that promise. And I'm going to, you know, whatever he wants from now on, I'm his. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you just hit on something that I don't. I don't know that we'd even talked about it ahead of time, but just the way you said that made me think of this. Um, one of the reasons that our sin has such a hold on us, and even though we promise God, again, nobody can relate to this, even though, even though we, we promise God we'll never do it again, we wind up there again. And part of the reason that that happens is because we haven't told anybody else. We think it's just between God and us. But I'm going to tell you right now, dude, you just told a whole bunch of people, and I hate, I hate to tell you this, like thousands online. Um, so you're going to be, you're going to be in town and just having dinner with your wife. People are going to come, Hey man, have you had a drink? You know? So it's, it's like, there's, there's accountability. And, and here's the cool thing. The power of our secret loses its power when we tell somebody else, Hey, I need help. Hey, I'm struggling. So you really, we, we started talking in January, right? So after this bad episode, then you're like, okay, I, I just need to open up. And so we started talking about some of this stuff. And I just saw this story in Will's life, and I saw it multiple times through the years with other people too. And it's when we really come out and we just come to somebody and say, hey, I'm, I'm in trouble, or I need help, or this is what God's doing, but man, I can't do it alone. And you know, we can never do it alone. And so uh, I appreciate you being so honest with us about that. I, and I, I do think God is going to use you and your story. So whatever God has planned, part of it might be, you know, sharing this with the church this weekend. But what, what the big thing might be, just telling one other person at some critical point in their life. 
That's big. It could be the difference between heaven and hell for them. It could be the difference between, um, you know, being lost and, and being sober, the whole kind of thing. And so whoever you are and whatever your story is, man, don't hesitate to let God use that story touch somebody. So, so be, man, like you have your radar up. And when you're talking to people, listen to people. And you never know. They're going to say something. You're going to say, wow, my story might help them. You know, if we're listening, we, we pick up on those moments. So I, I'm going to encourage you with that. Um, he's also been doing something. And you know how social media is. Um, it's, it's a big ball of a mess, but there's good stuff that can come out of it. Oh, by the way, let me say this before we talk about your, your journey thought idea. Um, one of the things he said to me I thought was really interesting. He says, well, you know, when I was at my worst... I just, you know, I'm on social media because I'm just, I'm just looking, I'm looking for hope, I'm looking for encouragement, and it was an election year. And he says, all I saw was political garbage by everybody. It's like Trump people, Biden people, Trump people, Biden. And he goes, I'm looking for God, I'm looking for hope, I'm looking for encouragement. And so let me just be, a, let this be a reminder to us. You, you can use social media, it's okay to have an opinion about something, but man, make sure you're using it to help point people to Jesus. That's, there's nothing more important than that. And by the way, in the Old Testament, it says, not by might nor by power, it's by my spirit, says the Lord. So it's, our solution is never going to be a political solution, people. The solution is Jesus. And so while he went to look for help, all he saw was this garbage. And I just want to encourage you, don't, don't be a part of that stuff. So um, you just started getting on, on Facebook and just you, you called it Journey Thoughts. Tell them, tell them what you're doing and, and how that's going. Yeah, so like John said, um, during... And it got frustrating um, seeing all of that. And the thing is, is like, usually it's the same people over and over and over again. It's like, I'm, I, I'm sure I know what you're, who you're for, and you're speaking to the same people over and over again. It's old, stop, you know. Um, but um, journey thoughts, so when after um, December, so New Year's, um, I was in here, and I just kept thinking, you know, God putting on my heart um, one Sunday morning is that I just want you to be a lighthouse, you know, um, on social media, and every so often, you know, just put out what I've put on your heart to speak about, you know. Um, so something that I also was kind of thinking about a lot was that in my head, what God was speaking to me is that life is a journey, right? And I know it sounds cliche, and it is, but it works, right? Because if we know right now, when we make the decision to follow Christ, we are going to have, you know, valleys, deserts, and we're going to be on mountaintops. And we need to be prepared for those times that we're in those valleys and we're in those deserts. And so that's where journey thoughts kind of came from. And I didn't really put a whole lot of thought into Journey Thoughts. So, <laughs> just being, hey, getting real. That's what this series is all yeah. about, man. So, um, you know, just when, whenever God puts something, typically it's when we're, we're mountain biking or when I'm mountain biking and I'm by myself and, you know, um, I put on Hillsong United as I'm riding up there and I just, um, you know, God will say like, hey, like put this verse in my heart and, you know, these, uh, you know, certain things in my head and I get to the top and whereas I've done a couple of videos up there and uh, yeah, that's and just trying to be a lighthouse in this really dark time, you know, especially with, you know, the politics and COVID and stuff where there's a lot of people that, you know, really need to hear this. You yeah. Know? yeah, that's They for need sure. to hear Jesus, not Trump, you know. Yeah, yeah. 
We need to hear Jesus. We need to hear more, more of Jesus. Um, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up this way. So I, I asked Will for any verses that particularly stood out to him, and one was on Isaiah, and, and another was a larger passage in Colossians chapter 3. And I want to read one of those verses, talk about it for just a minute, and we're going to pray. But for those of you who do watch uh, 60 Seconds with PJ, this next week we will be in Colossians chapter 3. It just so happened that way because I've been going through Colossians. And so some of the verses he really ha have resonated with him and helped him. We're going to be talking about those this next week and all of our life groups. If you're in one of our life groups or you just want to go on our website and look up life group tab, you can see the questions there. They're going through Colossians chapter 3 as well. Uh, but, but here's one of those verses, and it's in Colossians chapter 3 verse 5. It says this, put to death. Therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Uh, he actually, after that, uh, goes on with even more of a list. And then in verse 10, he says this, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. So he says, I want you to put to death some stuff. Um, at the end of Ephesians chapter 4, he says, get rid of anger, rage, malice, slander, bitterness, all that. Get, get rid of it. Put to death this kind of stuff. So it's, this is very, it's like strong terminology, right? And I, I was thinking about it this week, and I was thinking, you know, when Jesus came and gave his life on a cross for me, it wasn't so I could mediocrely make my way through life. You know, it's like, no, I'm like absolutely all in. Like we were singing, I'm available, you know? Um, I think maybe, maybe for me, the, the hope of, of Will's story, the hope of so many stories of yours that I've heard, even my own story is just knowing that what God is capable of doing in our life when we actually then surrender. And here's the thing I want you to take with you, and then we're going to pray. Uh, we really don't know freedom, not real freedom. We don't really know freedom until we surrender, until we say, well, I'm, I can't be in charge. I'll never get it right. God, you're, you're the one that needs to be in charge. And so I want us to pray, and I'm going to pray for Will, but I also want to pray for you guys. And uh, in particular, let me just say this. Maybe, maybe you're in the midst of a story right now, and you just showed up, and you're like, I don't know why I was here, but now I think I know why I was here. Uh, and maybe your story is very different, but the reality is you, like me, we desperately need Jesus. We, we cannot do this on our own. And so as we pray, I'm just going to give you an opportunity to say, you know what? I'm, I'm all in. And for some of you, like Will, like you have a history with, with Jesus, but you drifted, and, and you just need to say, hey, I'm back. And for others of you, it might be a first-time thing. Like, you know what? I want Jesus to be in charge of my life for the first time. So let, let's pray. God, thank you so much for Will. Thank you for my friend. Thank you for his willingness to just be open and share with us some of the struggles and challenges he had. But also, God, the breakthrough that you brought in his life. And uh, we thank you, God for his story. And we ask God that you would use it multiple times to help point people to you. God, and whether that's um, on Facebook or social media or that's just in person, God, I pray that you would use his story in a way that just leads people clearly to you. Father, for all of our stories, it's the same. Uh, we, we've got stories to tell. And God, we're just going to ask what Will and I asked before this ever started tonight, that, that by your spirit, you would give people what they need while we tell our story. It's not about us, but they need you desperately. And so, Father, for those who are in the room right now who just have drifted, uh, they're not where they need to be. They know that. And maybe they've been coming to church regularly, but they, they know that the rest of the week they're, they're not living. They're not 
They're not surrendered. They're not all in. I pray right now, God, that they could just say, God, I'm ready. I'm, I'm all in. I, I don't want to walk this line anymore. I'm just, I'm there, available, ready. And Father, maybe there's some here for the very first time are just ready to say, Jesus, come into my life. That's you. Just, just kind of pray these words. I'll, I'm going to pray, but you just in your own heart, you pray this. God, thank you for loving me in spite of my sin. Thank you for knowing everything about me and still loving me. Thank you for dying on a cross and giving your life to pay for, for my sin. And so, Jesus, I want you to be in charge of my life. To surrender. I want, I want you to be the Lord, the King of my life. So come and live in me and change me from the inside out. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Thanks, buddy.